That is a hot take. Prove uh, me wrong. You're never I've wrong. never been wrong before. Right. Yeah, you're wrong this time, Paulie. Syracuse basketball is a name brand. The cream rises to the top, Paulie. The Yankees will be there. Paulie asked that question on purpose, and I just don't like Paulie right now. <laughs> Nobody needs a six-hour baseball game. If you're going to lose that many face-offs and you only lose by a goal to a number one team, is it really so bad? You claim that my buddy doll is as dependent as a child. Yeah, that's a great idea. I don't think you can get away with that. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Pauly Sebelia. There it is, new open. Stephen Fonte, Pauly Sebelia with you as we kick off a new week here on Orange Nation. Three guests lined up for you on the show today. We've got Crunch play-by-play man Lucas Favalli set to join us at 12.15. SU assistant coach Adrian Autry on with us at 1 o'clock. And just added to our schedule, San Diego Padres play-by-play man Jesse Agler set to join us at 1.30. The Padres doing something they had never done before in their franchise history over the weekend, a uh, a no-hitter, Paulie. And uh, I guess we'll we'll start there and we'll circle back to Padres baseball in hour number two. How psyched were you oh. uh, to, to see your first no-hitter in, in Padres history? I'm not an emotional fan, but I, I screamed at the end of the game, scared the heck out of my dog. Uh, it was fun. Like, I've waited my whole, like, literally my whole life uh, for that to happen. You know, We've all they, been waiting our whole lives for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 it, they've come close a couple times. I remember Chris Young got into the ninth inning and Joe Randa hit a home run in the ninth inning to break it up. But uh, there's a that's how like a big of a thing it is to Padres fans. Like I remember Joe Randa did it. That broke up the the no hitter. Um, but it's yeah, name. yeah, it was uh, it was um. It was fun. It was a lot of fun, and I look forward to talking to Jesse about it because the, the storybook ver- side of it is just amazing how it happened. You couldn't ask yeah, for a Joe better Musgrove, story. Joe uh, Musgrove, local kid, right? He's from San Diego. Yep. Uh, pitches the first uh, no-hitter season ticket uh, in franchise history. Season ticket holder his whole life. You know, huge Very Padres cool. fan. Cool yeah, moment so. for uh, yeah. Cool moment for the team, certainly for him, for the franchise, and and obviously for Padres fans everywhere. And so Paulie will certainly enjoy that one thirty segment with, right. uh, with uh, Jesse Agler. <laughs> Hopefully, some of you will as well. I can't imagine Paulie that you're you're too thrilled with the new open we just played. Uh, that was that was the first time I heard it. Um, I, I can't imagine that's that's your favorite. Uh, it led with me being wrong. Yeah, like that wasn't cool. Uh, no, I like it. I wanted Orange Crush to be the, the new theme song for Orange Nation. I like that. But uh, but we'll, I'll, make, I, I'll break down the open for people during the Twitch break. So if you join us on Q Sports Talk on Twitch, I'll break down my likes and dislikes of the new open. So we can... Uh, we can have Jordan. Yeah, I, I like the old open as well. I mean, we can we can have multiple I liked, opens. Yes, I no, I, like, I liked that open. It was fine. He just... I. Yeah. I tried to explain. I very rarely happens. I tried to explain to Jordan what uh, I wanted in the open. In texting, you just can't you can't communicate via text if it's important. If there's a lesson in life, you need you need to tell kids. If there's some Matt Park even tells me this all the time. If you if there's if it's important, make make the phone call. And, and I should have done it. And I should have done it in this situation. Instead, you came in. You just came in. And I tried to explain it better. and you, It's still millennial. Something's getting lost in translation. Yeah. And then oh, you said, that, well, you just have to do it yourself, which, yeah. is the, which is what I always end up doing is if, 
you know, if it's important enough, just do it yourself. Then you know it's going to get done at least the way I was going to say the right way, but at no, least that, the way you want it. That, to that get open done. is awesome. I thought it was funny and well put together. Yeah, just not what I wanted. Just not what you had in mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, well we can have multiple opens uh, for the show. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. We'll certainly sprinkle in your phone calls. Um, you know, I, I know we technically started with Padres, but our plan was to start Masters. Uh, it didn't work out for us uh, this weekend. How much did you watch, though? I know you're kind of a casual golf fan. Were you invested, Paulie, in the uh, in the Masters this weekend? Uh, I uh, highlighted the three people I wanted to watch. Well, four actually on my computer, and I had that up on a little widget the whole time, and that's all I paid attention. And I was miserable all weekend watching the widget. Yeah, because things didn't go well. Yeah, for we us. bet on it. Dustin Johnson didn't even he didn't even make the weekend. Bryson was never really in the mix. Uh, John Rahm made it interesting yesterday for uh, for a little bit. Started three under through two holes. That that kind of piqued my interest. I, I knew that we would have needed a lot to go right for for uh, John Rahm to get into the mix, but he he tried to make it interesting. And then you know, hypothetically speaking, if you would put money on Phil, uh, he didn't play all that poorly this weekend. No, he was uh, he was one under at one point, and. Uh, he was five strokes back, and I was getting pumped, and then all of a sudden it exploded, and it went all wrong. He finished even par. I mean, he finished tied for 21st. It's a lot better than I, I thought he was going to finish. We, Good I learned, value. Good value, Jordan, on that. I I learned a huge it lesson. It was. It was. Just because it doesn't win, does it? Steve, we're going to need to give you a lesson on value soon. No, it's only good value, Jordan. If you're if you get money back, like if you if you cash in, that's good value. But th- it's not good value if you place the bet and you lose. I still lost twenty it's not bucks. Good shot that, if you? you take it and you miss, yeah. right? Right. Paulie still lost twenty bucks. I, it's good. I mean, good value. It, I, I I I don't understand that. But what what's the lesson you learned, Paulie? That I am ready to not bet on Phil Jordan. No, I'm ready to bet on Phil Mickelson every tournament until he wins. <laughs> I'm. I'm making. I don't a, think that's a great strategy. I'm I don't make, think it's a great strategy. Well, I was thinking, and Jordan, with his great value thoughts, uh, told me that if you bet Phil Mickelson and he wins and he plays like a normal career till he has to retire, you'll make all your money back, right? So, okay, so you you do realize he's fifty, right? Five zero. He's fifty years old. You know, you know who won yesterday? Hideki Matsuyama. He's twenty nine. So you you think a fifty year old is going to go out and and beat the young guns? I don't. I don't think it's happening, Paulie. Uh, I don't think it's happening. I he could he. It happens all the time. Like they they make that one. They make that one last run at a major and they win it. You think he's got a Jack Nicklaus moment in him? Yeah. What was Nicholas when he won his last one? Is he, I think he was 48, wasn't he? The oldest person to win a major was 48 years, 4 months, and 18 days. Julius yeah, Boros. Jack. Jack Nicholas oh. was... Was it Jack 48? 46, 2 months, and 23 days. 46, okay. Phil's older than both those guys. Phil's 50. And I would say that the depth of the field has gotten better. Over the years, don't I mean? Don't you think golf is as deep and talented as it's ever been? Can we agree on that? Yeah, you just talked me out of this, Steve. Yeah, I'm I just you just, me, re- you just made me you just made me fact check myself. 
don't listen to Jordan and his, it's got great value. It's only good value <laughs> if you win. And that's, you're not going to win with Phil. Now watch, he'll win like next year or something. You'll be like, man, if only I'd listen to Jordan. Hey, Steve. How many times are you going to say that in your life? If only I'd listen to Jordan. I think it's okay, Paulie. I think, I think you need to see what I learned is it's really hard to pick the winner of a golf tournament, the la- you know? The last time someone elderly won the uh, or close to my close to my age elderly. won was nineteen eighty six. Someone last time someone in their forties won a major was nineteen eighty six, and it happened yeah. twice that year. Raymond Floyd. Phil's fifty. He's yeah. Phil's fifty. So you know what else? Phil I don't. Is? I don't think that's a, a great strategy. Phil's what do you got, Jordan? Eight thousand to win the PGA Championship coming up on May twentieth. Let's go! All right, yeah, I'm going. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Why? It's a waste of money. Cause the good folks at Del Lago are advertising on our station. I got a few extra miles on my car lease. <laughs> Make that right up there. <laughs> do it. Well, as long as you don't expect anything back for that. That there's it's twenty dollars no a month, right? There. Yeah, fine. So as long as as long as you're looking at that as it's twenty dollars you're throwing away, like if you play the lottery here and there. That's another thing we've we've discussed. I don't know if you and I have discussed. I never understood why people wait until it gets to be a certain amount of money and they're like, Oh, I have to play the lottery now. Like, oh, it's at a hundred million. So I, I have to play the lottery now. Like eighty seven million wouldn't be enough. But if, if you don't mind throwing away twenty bucks a month, then throw away twenty bucks a month. But he's he's not gonna win another major. I would I would be stunned. If you want another major, don't listen to Jordan. Anyway, did you, you didn't even bother watching the final round yesterday? No, I had the Padres were on. I was watching the Padres. Oh, of course. Right. I, I pay the for the Padres. In Paulie's world. The world stops for you when the Padres are on. I pay, I pay for that. Like, You've got extra devices, though. We talked about this going into the national title game. I'm not You've watching got, golf on devices. I'm not watching golf on it. I, I'm not. But but the Matsuyama story is great, right? It he, is great. It's a he, great story. He's yeah. going to be the Tiger Woods of his country now. Like he's he's going to make a ton did you, did you of money. Did you hear what uh, Andy North said on ESPN yesterday? Yeah, that he's going to make that six million dollars off of it, right? Andy North Andy North said that 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 win yesterday. This is what he said on ESPN. I don't know if I totally believe him, but Andy North said that that win could be worth a billion dollars with a B. For a decade, oh, Matsuyama. When you take yeah. into account all the, the fact he's twenty nine, the fact he is the face of golf now in Japan, he is the Tiger Woods of Japan. Um, in terms of sponsorships, in terms of you know all the opportunities now that will be afforded to him uh, after you know winning this tournament and becoming the face of golf in that country, um, he said it, it could be worth up to a billion dollars. I don't know if I believe it. That's but that's insane, and it is a great story. And and think about all the pressure that he had on him. I mean, it's hard enough to win your first major. He he went to bed Saturday night with a four shot lead. Was expected to win. Um, had the you know the hopes and dreams of of an entire country uh, on his back. Not to mention his own hopes and dreams. And then you know he he I was impressed by him, Paulie. Again, you said you didn't watch. He bogeyed the first hole though. Bounced back with a birdie. Had a bogey early on on a second nine on 12, bounced right back with a birdie. And then, you know, it's the, the lead starts to shrink. He's up by seven. Then all of a sudden, the lead shrinks to two. Um, and, you know, Xander Shoffley helped him out with the triple bogey on 16. But he was, you know, he was able to hang on. And that's, 
That's not easy to do when you feel the walls closing in on you like that. And every time he felt a little adversity in the round yesterday, he was able to bounce back and hung on for dear life at the end and, and won by a shot. And, uh, and you know, his, his life is, is going to change forever now. I mean, this is one of those moments that it, it you know, it, he's going to explode, you know, whether he likes it or not. And whether, you know, wh- even if he doesn't win another major, um, you know, anytime soon, his life is, has forever been changed because of what he did over the course of the last four days. Yeah. He's set for life. It, it's, I, I was just uh, listening to the Greeny show for a little bit. And he said, he was saying, I, I didn't hear the billion figure, but he said that uh, he, he set endorsement wise for the rest of his life. And yeah. Yeah. Is there anything harder than the Masters, like holding a lead on the last day? Is there is there any more stressful thing in golf or in sports than that? You know, yeah, I, I hitting don't know. a That's is a hitting a free throw with no time on the clock that stressful, or is that seems e- easier than? trying to hit golf shots at the masters on the last day golf golf is tough i can't even imagine the stress of the final round at the masters i i did play on the golf team in high school i know this is right no i know but i'm just i this is this is my point is that even at that level for me you play competitive golf it it is really hard it is very difficult mentally i know people talk about that but the mental stress of playing competitive golf because all you do is like, you know, obviously, you know, I played competitive basketball as well, and I played into college. It, it, like, you're constantly moving, right? You're, you're right. The, the standing at the free throw line, trying to make a free throw with the game on the line, that's really tough because you're thinking, right? All you do in golf is think. In basketball, for the most part, you're just reacting, and you're kind of letting your instincts take over. In golf, though, you have nothing but four hours of thinking, uh, you know, trying to read putts, and where am I going to put this tee shot, and I should I lay up here, should I go for it, what what club should I hit? I mean, there are so many choices and decisions that you agonize over uh, in the game of golf. And so that was my point is that even dialed way back at that level, you know, I, and I, I've never played like in a real tournament as an adult, but even as a high school kid, just the, the mental stress of playing uh, around, you know, knowing that your score counts and you're competing against somebody, it's, it's tough. I can only imagine, you know, final round of the masters with everything that was on the line yesterday for him. What, uh, what that had to be like. So um, I can't argue with you, Paulie, if you say that's the most difficult thing in sports to, it's to try be. to One close of them. out a golf tournament because, it, yeah, it's got, it's got to be up there. Um, there's no doubt about that. We do have to take a timeout. We've got Lucas Favalli set to join us on the other side. We're going to talk some crunch hockey next on ESPN Radio. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. It's just a public service announcement. Our take on the day's top stories. It's today's business on Orange Nation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. Stephen Pauly back with you on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. We've got a couple of guests in hour number two, so we're doing today's business a little bit earlier here as we welcome back our producer, Jordan. I, what do you have for us today, Jordan? I got to hit something really quick that just came up in the Twitch chat, Steve. Someone yeah, in our Twitch it. chat is claiming they threw a no-hitter in slow-pitch softball. Showbro Michael 91 is claiming he threw a... I will interview that dude if that literally happened. He's claiming to have thrown multiple no-hitters in slow-pitch softball. 
Is that harder? More about that. Is that harder to do than winning the Masters? It seems like it would be. <laughs> I think I found something uh, harder to do than winning that the seems Masters. Difficult. Okay. That seems difficult. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I love Twitch. You guys got to get in on uh, Q Sports Talk and follow it's like, along. It's like a love-hate relationship. It probably, is. Right? It is. One minute they're all mean to me, and then the next minute someone's claiming they threw a no-hitter in slow-pitch softball. Because a couple, I, a couple days there you were struggling with Twitch, but now you're back today, on the today, Twitch bandwagon. Well, I'm maybe like, not. Today uh, someone's been mean to me too, so I don't like it. I don't like <laughs> you're everybody. You're used to that. Though. Yeah. You've got a thick skin. All right, Jordan, what do you have for us? Book show bro Michael. Absolutely. Well, I'll get him on the line. Absolutely <laughs> brutal call to conclude a great week of baseball. Sunday night baseball last night. Phillies Braves. Was it brutal? Ninth inning. Yes, it, it was, was really bad. Did you see it? Did you see it? Yeah, I've watched it a million times, and you can't conclusively say he didn't touch the Alec plate. Bomb didn't touch the plate. There, there, there is one angle in particular that that I from think is straight pretty clear. behind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I that you, was you the, only need one angle. You don't need that, twelve angles to show that he didn't touch it. That was the closest one to making me think he didn't touch it, but I couldn't one hundred percent say he didn't touch it. I couldn't. What do you think, though? Do you think he touched home plate? No, but I couldn't conclusively say that. Right? How about Michael Conforto? Did he did he try to get out of the way of the pitch? No. That should yeah. Okay. They need to make that reviewable. Right, and and that that's that's absurd that. We have all this technology, and that play is not reviewable. And then the ump, right after the game, I was joking with you guys. I don't know if Jordan sensed my sarcasm via text, but I said, "Did you guys see the the end of this Mets game? You know, the, it's it's ridiculous." And then Jordan said, "Well, the ump owned up to it afterwards." And I said, oh, "Okay, that then it's fine because right. he, you know, the ump owned up to it afterwards." I was being sarcastic, obviously. Um, you have the ability to get the call right, and I mean that. It, Cost the, in both of these situations, it cost the team the game. But you're the game saying was decided. You're saying that video was a hundred percent conclusive that he didn't touch the plate. Because that's what I mean, it's got to be. It felt like it to me. You didn't think that was a hundred percent conclusive. No, no. The one from behind the plate. That was that. It, it looked like he I'm didn't, but I couldn't definitely say he didn't though. Like I couldn't say it. All right. They they've got to be a hundred percent right. I felt I felt a hundred percent on that. I he did not touch. You know I I feel like you're talking yourself into thinking maybe sort of they might have kind of sort of made the right call. I I don't no, know that they made the right call, but without it being conclusive, they made the right call. All right, I I think the Conforto that one's ridiculous thing bothers me more absolutely because it clearly. It ended the game, and it clearly was the wrong call. Well, it's it's not reviewable. Well, let's make it reviewable. We have technology to get these things right, so let's get them right. And we've talked about that before, How? right? We talked about that with the the Saints pass interference, you know? Right. Well, it 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 should be, and then they obviously changed the rule. Um, you know that that should be a reviewable play. Just why not just make everything reviewable, and you get a limited amount of reviews, two reviews, whatever it is, and Go from there. And then if you have a review to use, you use it on something like that. And if you don't, if you ran out, then that's your fault. Well, we've discussed this. Just make everything reviewable. That We've discussed this. There should just be a guy watching. 
Someone was should have been watching that Mets game in. How about soon, everyone watching? Knew ha, that, that was the wrong ha, call. Have, have someone ring into the ump and say, "You just screwed up. Let's fix it." Um, yeah. But like the other thing with the the Conforto thing, how did those officials all meet and talk and not get it right? Like it was so evident. They could have discussed it and changed the call without review. Yeah, I mean, again, it. it is I I assume the umpire's not looking for that, right? He's calling balls and strikes, and he obviously saw the contact and said, "Okay, he was." It hit was by a pitch. strike, so probably. No, I know. But I'm <laughs> saying that that to overrule it, it it probably had to come from a different umpire, not the home plate umpire. Maybe the second base. Um, maybe um, right because he, yeah, he's got a good look at it too, and maybe they didn't. I mean, that decided the game one way or the other. And he didn't want to be wrong. So he's like, no, eh, that one's on you. Do, you know, do you think he tried to get out of the way? No, okay. Uh, you know, he it, you know, game over. I, I don't know, but that that's that's an egregious mistake. And that, you know, unfortunately, we've seen it in sports before where sometimes it takes an egregious mistake like that to get things changed. So why not just open it up to anything can be reviewed? And if you've got reviews left as a, you know, as a team, as a coach, as a manager. You use them, and if you're out, then that's your problem. The, the, and, and you go from there. The Phillies one, there's an angle that you. it looks like he may have gotten the black of the plate. So I, that one wasn't as cut and dry to me. Okay. I, I think it was pretty clear, but I, I you can talk me into that. You can talk me into the whole inconclusive thing, but you can't talk me into hiding behind the well it's not reviewable what do you want us to do when the, it clearly i mean everyone could see that that was you know the michael conforto play that was that was the wrong call the other thing would be to mic up the umps like how hard would it be for that ump to come on and say after further review the video was inconclusive safe instead of just doing the doing the safe and right. then everybody's questioning what the hell what the hell just happened you know right they need to do that in baseball Okay. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Uh, all right, Jordan, what else you got for us? Let's move out of the past and into the future. Okay. We got a new basketball league for high school prospects, and Kevin Ollie, the former Huskies coach, is going to be the head coach and director of player development. It's called Overtime Elite. It's for the top high school prospects, 16 to 18, and they plan on doing things such as offering academic tutoring packages, allowing players to capitalize on revenue from NFTs. Just a whole new world out there for these kids. Yeah, I mean, do you have um, estimations on uh, quote-unquote salaries, what these kids would be making? I can look a little deeper. I believe I saw six-digit in terms of a total package. But what? Let me get closer numbers. I know. If See, I do think a lot of this, a lot of this comes down to the name, image, and likeness, right, Paulie? Um, you, you know, we know that they're moving in that direction. Um, that that kids will be able to to benefit off their name, image, and likeness. And you know, the NCAA can't wait any longer because of you know reasons like this. The G League starting to pick up steam. Um, you know, we assume that in the not too distant future they're going to make uh, you know high school seniors eligible for the NBA draft again. Now you you know you've got these other leagues popping up. Kids can go overseas. You, you you've got to let the the players in college benefit off their name, image, and likeness, or they're going to continue to to poach players from the college game. 
I, I think, you know, the NCAA's waited as long as they can wait. They can't wait anymore. Speaking of college, the six-year financial package, it includes academic tutoring and a year-round training program built into the money. Sounds, it's not a college scholarship, but they're offering you some similar things that you get. Yeah, but you college don't get, is expensive. You don't uh, get a degree I, I, from right the the basketball from, uh, from overtime elite. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you don't make money off your NFTs at Syracuse. That's gonna change, right? I, I, so what? What's the question here, Jordan? Do I think that this league is gonna be a thing? I don't. I I don't think it's it's a major threat to to the college game, but. I, I do think it's going to change. I, I I do think the name, image, and likeness thing is going to get resolved. Now you've got the you know the transfer rules being softened. I, I I think that you know the NCAA is has waited too long, but they're they're making the necessary changes to make sure that you know this overtime elite league is is you know not a thing, and that kids don't keep going to the G League. There's going to be a few here or there exceptions to the rule, but um, as long as kids can start making some money. They obviously have the cost of, uh, of attendance now in college. They're, they're, they're taking the necessary steps toward keeping the players in college for at least a year. They can't pay them all the same amount, right? You know, so there's some people in the Twitch chat saying it's a hundred thousand. Like you, you got to get paid on your talent level, right? You can't just bring a kid in. Um, I, I mean, I would assume like, it's like probably the, invite only. Like, yeah, I, I, I know, but like, sign up no, but it. I'm saying like the 20th best recruit doesn't make as much as the number one recruit, right? I don't know. In, in this in this 16, 18 year old league, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, is there a big difference between you know? A, I don't know. A fifth it just ranked seems, player and the 25th ranked player. It just in the seems like you'd, you know, it'd be kind of a. Yo, kid, you're 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 probably gonna make twenty five grand here. Well, the number one guy is gonna make. 100. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know. Be interesting to see how this thing pans out. Um, I can't imagine though, Jordan, that it's a major threat to college basketball. Just another reason why they got to get this stuff uh, buttoned up. We do have to take a time out here. We don't want to keep Coach Autry waiting. We've got him set to join us uh, in about ten minutes. We'll take our final time out here in hour number one. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. This is Orange Nation. All right, Stephen Pauly back with you on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. We've got Padres play-by-play man Jesse Agler set to join us uh, in a few minutes as we talk about the first no-hitter in franchise history, but quickly to the phone lines we go. Uh, Pat in Syracuse, up next on the show. Hey, Pat. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Good. Good. How are you? Good. I just want to kind of vent my frustration with the Syracuse fan base a little bit for a second. I, I saw we got a commitment from Willie Tyler, the uh, Texas uh, transfer this, uh, this past week, and these All fans immediately jumped right to, oh, his offer sheet. He didn't have this big. He didn't have that big. It's like, Anytime you're offered by a Texas program and are in line to compete for a starting role at, at on the offensive line, you got to be pretty darn good. And then you figure you got the JUCO transfer, and then you got Chris Blake, and then you got all these other uh, young freshmen, two big Hawaiian players that come in that are coming in. You got you overhauled the whole offensive line basically, and you hired a really good coach 
and it still isn't enough for these fans, and they're still finding a way to complain. And it's like, give me a break. It's a tough. It's tough to be witnessing all that as a fan to watch your whole coaching staff completely do everything that you wanted them to do in the first place and still have these fans that are not happy. The only other thing I would say is, and it would be the ice cream, it would be, it would be the ice cream with the cake and be an early Christmas gift is if they got a D tackle to go with it, but that's it. Like I'm completely happy with what they did this off season for the offensive line. And they went and got a Mississippi state uh, uh, yeah. quarterback as well. I mean, what more do you want as a Syracuse fan? I mean, I don't know. Thanks guys. Yeah. I, no, I, I appreciate you checking in, Pat. It's a good call. Um, and my my guess is, Paulie, that that's a minority of the fan base that that Pat's talking about. They, you know, they just happen to have a loud voice. But I, I'm I'm with Pat. I think Dino Babers and his staff they should be commended for going out and and they're you know they're they're doing their best to solve the the problems that this team has. And they get a, a quarterback transfer. They've revamped the offensive line. Um, I, I think that you know for the most part i think you have to be pleased with what they've done this offseason i think pat's right on the right on the money it, it has been a good offseason and i'm a lot more lenient with a syracuse football fan base than i am with a basketball fan base uh because of the the history yeah the you're com- you're coming off a 1 in 10 season and you know the the proof is in the pudding it's been good once kids, in yeah, 20 years yeah <laughs> just let's uh let's make sure these all pan out before you get it i mean you you're not getting a bad player from Texas. He's a hundred percent right about that. Um, right, it, Chris Bleich from Florida. Yeah, like that. I always Schrader from Mississippi State. I mean, that's a good sign to me. I mean, those guys yes. played at, at legit programs. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm a lot more lenient with the the football fan base, but you got to at least give it a shot and hope that it works out before you're uh, poo pooing it. I'm guessing. All right, we. Uh, we got to get back on track here. Uh, we went long with Adrian Autry for good reason, uh, but we've got uh, Jesse Agler, voice of the Padres, set to join us next on ESPN Radio.